This podcast may contain adult language, adult situations, spoilers, and some brief nudity, so parental guidance is suggested. We have such sights to show you. After about five minutes of this movie, you're gonna wish you had ten beers. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Oh well. La di da, la di da, la la. Yeah. Welcome back to the Cinema Recall Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I'm sorry. I thought I was waiting for you guys to stop for me to do it. Welcome to the Cinema Recall Halloween episode. And now, your host, The Vern. Oh, beautiful. Uh, yes, hello everyone. Uh, you're, you're obviously dating us, or hating us completely, for ruining or maybe breaking your day with that interpretation of the Halloween theme song, the iconic Halloween theme song. Uh, welcome everyone to Cinema Recall Podcast. I am whatever host, The Vern. Our lovely co-host Ashley cannot be on this episode, but that's okay. I've got two wonderful people here with me right now uh, helping me out with that theme music with his wonderful dulcet tones there. The wonderful Ed from the Film Effect Podcast. Hello, Ed. Hey, hey, hey. How we doing? Doing good. Welcome to the show. And the person that you can... Oh, thank you, bud. Uh, The person you cannot see right now, but you can hear, it is Mr. Jason Soto uh, from Rabbit Hole Podcast. Say hello, Jason. Hey, hello, everybody. Sorry to the visual people. I'm getting over a cold, and you don't want to see me right now. That's... That's totally fair. But this is a horror show, so maybe they would. I don't know, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding there. <laughs> no. But I'm grateful we have you on here. Uh, yes, we clicked on the link. We are going to be discussing the Halloween franchise. The franchise that got started by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill back in 1978. And we are going to be breaking this down into series real quickly here. Uh, first of all, gentlemen, thank you. Welcome to the show. Appreciate that you're on here. Um, I guess, do you want to just start right now with the first one and just kind of go on from there? What do you want to do, Ed? Pretty much. Or? I mean, you got to start with the first one. It's pretty much a choose-your-own-adventure from there. That's right. No, it's true. We, yeah, it's one series. So I'm holding my hand right now the uh, 4K Blu-ray of the 1978 original Halloween uh Jim Lee Curtis, Dal Pleasance, story about a young girl who is stalked by a vicious killer at the night of her babysitting job, and just really quickly, just from you, Jason, and then you, Ed, let's start with you, Jason, when did you first see the first Halloween movie? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. I got a funny story to go with that. Um, okay. Hang on a second, I'll take a drink here. Ah, okay. Um, I was in the fourth grade, and I remember this because my teacher—I had a music teacher—and she was trying to teach us the importance of music in movies. And she landed on Halloween, the movie, and she was trying to show us that every time Michael Myers came on, the iconic song would come on to designate—you know—anytime you hear that music, the bad guys on screen. 
So she played the opening of the movie Halloween, which I don't think I need to remind you, gentlemen. <laughs> there's boobs in it and <laughs> act of sex. And I want to remind you again, I said I was in the fourth grade. So this movie's chugging along, and then it gets to that part, and she starts freaking out because she went to the back of the classroom. And she was like, oh, my God. And she, like, ran to the front to turn off the VCR because she completely didn't forgot or didn't know or something that um, there was nudity and boobs and hints of sex in the beginning. Uh, and then she's like, well, anyway, that's the, uh, you know, music in movies. And then uh, so that was technically my introduction to the Halloween movie, the first Halloween movie. Uh, and then later on I would, I don't know, I'm probably like a teenager at that point. I'd probably see the whole thing finally. Uh, but yeah, I like telling that story because it's funny. Yeah, well, I mean, well, first of all, I mean, the original Halloween doesn't really have much nudity in there. Most of the camera is above the nipples. Well, in the in the beginning of the first movie, there is if you forgot. Yeah, okay. there's also the other scene with uh, uh, PJ Souls. Yeah, and PJ Souls later on. Yeah. But yeah, the one PJ Souls, they don't really show the full on like breast and. Then did you watch an sister. edited version, Vern? No, I was going to say, the, what version did you watch, Vern? I watched the one that was on my Blu right there, and it does show tits, <laughs> but does not fall to find tits. It's just, you can tell it's tits, but not enough to offend anyone. You anyone. might have had your eyes closed or something. So there was, <laughs> there was, there was, I mean, it's not like titties every two seconds or anything, but it's, it's pretty <clears throat> steady. You know, there's the scenes. With the nudity, and it does begin, you know, at the start of the movie, we see uh, the, uh, Judith Meyers tits yeah. at the beginning. After she puts her, she's putting her clothes back on after having, after having sex for fifteen seconds with the boyfriend. Fifteen seconds, Steed. Because they, because you see them go upstairs, <laughs> and, then the, and then Michael walks into the house, and then the instant he gets to the house, they're coming back down the stairs, and you're like, did they have sex in that short ass amount of time that it took Michael Myers to walk into the? house because that was not long at all that's fair okay <laughs> uh ed uh, where were you when you first saw halloween oh man i mean i've been watching halloween all my life for the most part i mean sure. I, i've talked about this on my podcast numerous times how i've been in the horror since a very young age um mm. like four or five years old is when i got in the horror and there's an old I've told this story so many times I'll tell it again because I enjoy telling it uh, there's okay. a there's an old local uh, horror show every Saturday afternoon called Nightmare Theater here in Baltimore Saturday afternoon 2 o'clock channel 54 and it was always a 2 hour 2 to 4 block every Saturday different horror movie and that's when I first saw Halloween uh, it stuck with me because I just remembered how this killer he wasn't going around hacking people up like Freddy and Jason and, and, and all the other horror icons that I had seen at that time he was just kind of you know slow burning and it, it was something different um, it was that anticipation you know and, and the atmosphere and everything that just I appreciated at a very young age and the film stuck with me you know uh, and also the fact that the film was hardly you know there's like it's very bloodless there's hardly any mm -hmm. blood at all in this movie things like that still you know stood out uh but what really caught me was just michael myers the character and the atmosphere and everything john carpenter's music his direction all the things just struck me at a very young age and 
ever since then it's a film that I've revisited I can't even begin I can't even guesstimate how many times I've seen this movie but um, it's 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 quite up there it's one of my favorites it's it's one of the best so it's a movie for me that feels real yeah. compared to other slasher movies just because mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill really had you believe in Laurie Strode and her friends they talked like real characters would talk they had similar dreams and aspirations that everyone would have and the town just felt like a real town it felt like the town that my grandma lived in and I visited as a kid walking down the streets of Winona Minnesota reminded me a lot of Haddonfield and it just always stuck with me there in fact first time I ever watched Halloween was at my grandma's house and it was a fall evening on like a VHS and it was just a great time and I meant to watch that and you Jason you brought up a good uh, sequence with the music because there's that and I'm going to do a horrible interpretation of the music and I apologize for our listeners out there but it's that that do do and I don't know why but that music right there Laurie's always theme. evokes a fear yeah yep just like yeah that was the point my teacher was trying to make yeah so, that was good uh, I don't think we need to story more about the first Halloween because it's an iconic classic. I love how it ends. Like, that ends mm-hmm. in shots where they're showing all the streets and all the houses that Michael Myers has visited, and all He's you hear, breathing. that alone always makes me feel tension. And I've seen the movie yeah. many times, but just hear that breathing voice going on there brings me with dread. Uh, do you guys have like a favorite moment of that movie before we move on? I mean, it's one of my favorite moments is the ending. It's just so iconic how Loomis shoots him off the balcony and then goes to check on Laurie, comes back, and he's gone. It's just a silhouette of his figure on the grass and then cut to all the, the iconic shots from the movie and then you hear him breathing. It gets heavier and heavier and then hard cut the credits. I think it's yeah. one of the best Put together endings mm-hmm. in all of film. Honestly, it's it's yeah. it, it, it's effective. Jason, or should I say uh, the voice of Jason? We can't see you. We don't know if you're really there or not. Did someone kill you? I'm here. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. Really, my favorite part I think is when uh he kills. I can't remember. I think it's George, the boyfriend with the glasses. Bob. Um. He kills him, or Bob. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, he kills him and he stabs him, holding him up through the uh, the the pantry, and he's just he's kind of standing there, like admiring his work. Yeah. The fact that he just stabbed a guy up onto like a pantry shelf or whatever, like I like that part. Um, and then he puts on that ghost the the sheet or whatever to pretend to be the ghost and tricks the the girl like you know, hey, this is me and his racy boobs, Vern. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. All right, maybe you're right. Okay, now that we watch it now again for the fifth or seventh time. Uh, All right, so we move on from Halloween to Halloween 2. I do know that at the time, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill didn't really want to make a a sequel to this, and they were sort of like put in a situation where the only way that they could get financing for their movie The Fog and for Escape from New York, they had to write a script for... Halloween 2, and it mm-hmm. picks up just mere minutes after the end of the first movie. And I gotta say, I think 
this is absolutely great because Halloween 2 was like made what in 1881? 81 and when it came out. I think that you a lot of the same uh, visuals from the first one. I believe Dean Cundy came back as director of photography. I don't know for sure. Yes, but he shot the first three actually. He did, oh, perfect! Yeah, he came I back really for the thought, third. He came back for season of the witch also. Oh, beautiful! That's right. All right, but just the way that it flows from the first movie to the second movie is good. And the second one, uh, Laurie Strode is taken to a hospital, and Michael Myers begins stalking her there but uh just quick thoughts about Halloween 2 because I think from the opening credits which to this day with that pumpkin opening up and you seeing that skull yeah inside the head and you got the uh addition of like I think it was like John Carpenter and I forgot the guy's name Alan Alan Howard yes Howard. Alan Howard thank you very yeah. they, yes thank you very much uh, Addison's story of that was really cool. Uh, but I'll start with you, Ed. Just give me your general thoughts about Halloween 2. Uh, yeah, Halloween 2 is a film that um, has grown on me over the years. So let's put it that mm -hmm. way. Um, it's a movie that, sort of like the first film, has always been on television. It's a film that I've always seen, not as much as the first movie. And the reason for that is because I've always, at a younger age, I felt that Halloween 2 was just more of the same. It was a generic slasher movie. It was completely different from the first movie. Whereas, all I talked about, everything I talked about in the first movie, about how it's bloodless and all that, and, and a slow burn, and, and um, atmospheric and everything, that's all gone in this movie. It's You're pretty much grounded yeah. to one location. Um, the body count is like quadrupled. Uh, Michael Myers is it's 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 the the exact opposite of bloodless and <laughs> yep. that's not all bad things necessarily it's mm -hmm. just I don't know um, when there's so many other movies that were more the same from the 80s and you grew up watching them as well like this was just another run of the mill but and, and looking at it from a franchise perspective you know um, it's a film that I've definitely appreciated more and more as, as um you know, as I've gotten older, I would say it's fully come come around. I fully come around to it over the last, you know, around the time that Scream Factory put out those uh, collector's editions on Blu-ray, um, is when I kind of revisited it and uh, watched all the bonus features and, and appreciated it more. But yeah, it's a really interesting story as as to how it came to be. As a matter of fact, John Carpenter was just just on uh, Mick Garris's, uh Postmortem podcast talking about it. Um, you're right for the most part. He did. He, him and Deborah didn't want to do it. What had happened was he had signed after not long after Halloween came out. He went around Urban. I'm, I'm, I'm stomping on his name. The producer, one of the, one of the EPs from the first movie. Uh, he basically signed a two two picture deal with Abco Embassy for the Fog and Escape from New York. And once. Um, I, I'm I'm stumping on the guy's name, the producer, Irwin Ir something. When he found out about this, because he, he all along he thought that him and John were going to come back and do part two together, and then once he found out that John signed this picture deal, he pretty much was going to take him to court. He might have actually done so, but the the outcome was write this movie for us, write this sequel, and all will be forgotten. And that's pretty much how he was pretty much forced to write part two. I think he wrote it over like a ten day period with a, yeah. a lot of a lot of a lot of beer consumption and a lot of <laughs> angst. So 
Oh sure. But yeah, I mean it's it's oh. like I said, it's 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 a film that took a little while to come come around, for me to come around to. But uh, there's things about it I still don't like, but um, as a whole, I I, I like it. Yes, it's 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 kind of fun. This is the one they introduced uh, Michael Myers as being the brother of Laurie Strode and his supernatural elements, which uh, we're trying to get to later on too with the other sequels there. But Jason, uh, what are your thoughts about Halloween 2? Are you a fan, not a fan? No, I like Halloween 2. I think it's uh, a decent movie, a decent sequel. I like the... um, I like that it continues from the first movie. Like, it's just an extension of the first movie. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I will say there's one very unrealistic part in this. Um, twice in the past few years, I was in a hospital for like a few days and I'm going to tell you, hospitals are super busy at like three in the morning and this (laughs) hospital was like dead as shit. There was like four, maybe not even four nurses. Seems like there were no patients. It was like... They just kicked everyone out for Halloween, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, that was like... They, yeah. Hospitals in Haddonfield close at midnight, Jason. That's the rules. <laughs> oh, okay, if you're sick and you're dying, you're just fucked. You can't get in the hospital Yeah, you have to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, nope. But otherwise, I, I do enjoy this movie. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I like I like the ending of it. I like the way it ends. I like how it was supposed to be the final. You know, right. I mean, it seemed like it summed up pretty quickly. Like, everyone just blew up. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're gonna all blow up, and then that's the end. No more. Yep. Um, but then Friday Thirteenth did a similar thing as well, where they killed Jason in Part Four, and that was <laughs> supposed to be the last one. And then they're like, yeah, we're gonna bring him back. Uh, now, after Halloween Two, um, now we're kind of going through like time series here, so. The way that Michael Myers franchise breaks off is really kind of fascinating. I do want to talk a little bit about Halloween 3, just because I know that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill wanted to create a new series, because they wanted these movies to be an anthology. They want to have each movie be a different story taking place around Halloween. Uh, So they gave the direct and written credits to their production designer of Halloween, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, who wrote the script about well, I used to this in the first film in a couple scenes. Is he? Oh, I didn't Tommy know Lee? that. Yeah, he's he plays the shape in, in the uh, the famous closet scene. The the, the the when Michael's busting the closet um door or whatever to get the Lori and she pokes him in the eye at the hanger. That's Tommy Lee that's, Wallace. That's not that's um, not Newcastle. Newcastle. No, because really? it's stunt work. Oh. And Tommy Lee Tommy Lee Wallace did the stunt work as the shape in the first film. I did not know that. Mm. I thought it was all Nick Castle doing the shape. The shape still worked there. All right. Well, that's Castle's cool. the shape in like 90% of the film. But then you've got the Tommy Lee Wallace stuff, and then you have that one shot with Tony Moran. Gotcha. He takes it all off. Right. So. Well, in Halloween 3, uh, the story involves a doctor <laughs> who finds a patient holding a Halloween mask and you got this guy who burns himself in his car. He teams up with the dead guy's daughter to investigate about where the masks are being made. And then they go they to sleeping the together. village. Well, well, of course. 
That's what you <laughs> do Tom when Atkins, you go on. You gotta mention that first off. The Dr. Dan oh, Chalice played by the great Tom Atkins. That's true. I can't mention that. And I forgot the... Uh, was it like Stacy? What's her name here now? Yeah, Stacy Nelkin. Stacy Nelkin, the daughter. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they go to town, and they find out that these masks are being made by this warlock, and his uh, plan <laughs> is to have these masks explode at a certain time when these kids watch a certain commercial for Halloween, killing everyone around, and so uh, yep. Doctor and the daughter of the guy who died, they have to try and stop everyone. And at the time, the movie was considered to be a box office failure because people were so pissed off that Michael Myers was not in this one. But it has grown and is by far my favorite of the franchise. And the one really? that I, yes, this by all means, my favorite of the franchise is mm. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Uh, just because it has a very much a Twilight Zone-esque vibe to it. Oh, yeah. I mm -hmm. love the fact that it does not end happily. I mean, it ends on a very... Stop it. say it's ambiguous. Stop it. Uh -huh. Stop it. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. Stop, Stop it. it. And that that song, that uh, interpretation of London Bridge has fallen down. <laughs> Hurry up, it's Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> Hurry up, it's Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Hurry up, it's Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Uh, it's probably maybe the only Halloween movie that actually feels like it's in Halloween and set around Halloween about the dangers of Halloween and uh, these kids. I find it funny, too, that these masks are so popular, but there's only, like, three designs, and every kid wants to own these masks. There's... In the 1980s, mm -hmm. when all these cartoons were coming out, these were it. There was no other popular masks. Old school Don Post masks. Which I admit now, I definitely would have them, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, we haven't heard from you in a little while, man. Give me your thoughts on Halloween 3, buddy. Um, I think saying it's the best of all of them is a little much, but it's... it's... Honestly, I would say best. I would say it's my favorite. It's bold. Yeah, that's still a bold statement. Um... I, it's 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 good it's good. Um, it had to grow on me as well, um, nope. just to get used to the idea of it. But then when you look at it, it's like okay, this is supposed to be a separate thing. You know, this is supposed to be a self-contained story. You get over to Michael Myers not being in it thing, and it's actually a pretty decent like mystery thriller horror story. Um, I just want to know how the one dude got Stonehenge all the way from England to this town in America. <laughs> That's my only question about this movie. But other than that, I actually do like this movie for what it is. And also, uh, why didn't uh, girl Dr. Chalice there know that the girl he was sleeping with is a fembot? Because I think that happened later. Because that happened after. Oh, okay. Did they switch your bodies? Yeah. She, they, okay, gotcha. So she gets that, kidnapped. Not she that's, the, the, the implication is that's when it happens. Oh, Okay, but, all right, good. That if I may, now. I have to acknowledge the fact that this film also features Dick Warlock making his second Halloween appearance. He was the shape in part two, and he's one of the silent robotic assassins in this film. Oh, very good. Okay. So, Didn't realize that. I like uh, Dick Warlock. I was watching ew. Pumpkinhead over the weekend, and I forgot that he's in that movie, too. And I forgot to mention, too, that... 
our wonderful villain in this movie is played by Dan O'Hurley. Dan O'Hurley, the old man from RoboCop. That's right. I totally forgot about that. It still looks the same. <laughs> yeah. It's like this uh, appearance has not changed much at all. Um, uh, I do remind people too. Thank you very much for listening to Cinema Recall. Remind you that we are available everywhere podcasts are. Uh, Podchaser, uh, Google Pods, um, Spotify. We're available also on YouTube. And also, please listen to us every Sunday at FullSwapRadio.com for their Vanilla Sundays. Full Swap Radio, your one-stop shop for all of your kink and fetish podcasts. You can find us there. That's right. Uh, moving on real quickly now to Halloween 4. And we're going to do this kind of separate style here because we got uh, one timeline with Jamie Lloyd, Laurie Strode's daughter, and then we have... But do you, should we do we, should we go to the Jimmy Lloyd saga or should we go back to Laurie Strode for Halloween H two O? I mean, if we're gonna, <clears throat> it's up to you. At this point, we can either do the entire thing from start to finish, or we can just do timelines. Because if we're gonna do timelines, then we should do. Because you only just briefly acknowledged part three, so yeah. the correct thing to do would go to H two O. You're right, and then go back because we have to follow the first one again to get to the three the new trilogy yeah well we can just okay. do the Jamie Lou we can, let's just let's do H2O and then since we have to acknowledge resurrection because technically it does follow H2O let's, let's, let's we, do we'll the first do that then do, and then come back to the Lloyd trilogy okay let's do the the first Laurie Strode saga and then we'll go back to Jamie Lloyd and then we'll go back to the other Laurie Strode yeah. Saga. Okay, so cool. moving on there uh, to Halloween H two O, where uh, Laurie Strode. I remember H two O being a big thing, and in this story, Laurie Strode has uh, faked her death, and now is going under a different name. She's now the headmistress of this prestigious academy. Um, Carrie Tate. Carrie Tate. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. and I want to say. Uh, Josh something. Josh Hollerin or what? Hmm? Uh, the, her son is uh, Josh. Oh, Josh, Josh Hartnett. Hartnett. Josh Hartnett from Virgin yeah, Suicide. his first Tor- movie. All right. Uh, and he wants to go off to this event with his friends, and his mother doesn't want him to because it's the anniversary of Michael Myers, and she's been 20 years. Keep, 20 years. Trying to keep hiding from him, and... Micah Myers does find her after he finds out her information after stalking a nurse from the hospital. Yeah, it's the um, nurse. Um, the nurse that drove the Loomis, right? From the first one? She's the nurse from the first two movies. She's in the first movie is the woman in the car when Michael escapes. Yeah. And then she shows up in the second one to basically. Lee Loomis to the hospital to the whole and she's also the one that reveals that uh, Michael is Lori's uh, brother mm-hmm. alright Chambers Marion Chambers that's her name Nurse Chambers okay uh. so he kills her in the opening the cold open cause in the, in the there's 90s slasher movies you had to have a cold open where someone dies cause Scream started that whole thing off so we have the um, Nurse uh the nurse, uh, Chambers. She gets killed, and the reason we find out why 
Michael went after her is because she has all the... She was... Well, we find out that she was actually... Um, she had Loomis up until his passing. Like, she was, like, his keeper or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she also had all the information as... Why she would have this information? <laughs> totally beyond me. No yeah. idea. But she does. <laughs> and that's how Michael finds out about Lori's new identity. How she's across the country in California. Summer and Glenn, to be exact. And that starts that whole, you know, Marika Moreau of events. So, proceed. I do like... I do like this movie because it has a really great cast of characters. You know, we got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this. Uh, you even have uh, Jamie Lee Curtis' mom, the great Janet Lee, making a cameo appearance in this, which I thought was and actually she's driving cool. the exact same car she did in, in uh, Psycho. Oh, that's epic. Thank you. I totally forgot about that. Uh, Michelle Williams is in this. Uh, Anna Markin. L.O. Cool J. And I know that uh, this was made... I think I, I don't think but didn't Kevin Williamson the writer of Scream have like producer credits for this did he he I think he has an EP credit he I, I um I think he was supposed to write this or maybe he did do some uncredited rewrites on the uh the polishing up of the dialogue and whatnot. that um, makes sense that definitely seems like but that but this was originally announced as something completely different I remember I remember my initial announcement. I remember reading the initial. How I found out about H2O, let me backpedal a little bit, was about a year prior to this, so like 97. And I was an avid reader of Fangoria magazine. And there was always a blurb in every issue of coming up, you know, come, stuff that's coming out, coming up, stuff that's going to be in production soon. Because this is pre internet. Mm-hmm. And that's how I remember hearing about it. And I remember very distinctly the title. Halloween H2O and I'm like what the hell does that even mean Halloween water yes it didn't emphasize the age was Halloween and 20 was 20 (laughs) years later it just said new Halloween film bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter's directing sold yes but then as things started to boil down Carpenter ended up leaving I think he asked for too much and the wine scenes were like go pack go kick sand and enter Steve Miner who has you know, uh, a lot of ties in the horror world. I mean, he did the first, he did Friday two, Friday three, House. I mean, oh, he's got nice. a, a pretty big yeah. list of you know credentials for uh, in, in the ones. genre. So I was very happy for him. You know, as a replacement, yeah, was, at least it was someone who I was familiar with at that age in my life. I was thirteen when this was first announced. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just watched this film over the weekend, literally like two days ago. So, you know, I've seen this film a lot. So it was my first Michael Myers film in the theaters. Oh, um, sure. Saw, saw it with my mother and my, my kid brother opening weekend. Had a blast. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very short. This film is so short. Oh, my God. It is short. It is a brisk really... 80 minutes. Damn. Yeah. I forgot about how short it is. I this is a really... short movie. <laughs> uh, Jason, so, what are your It's fun, kind of... though. Yeah, Jason, what are your kind of quick thoughts on Halloween H2O? Um, I saw it opening night uh, on the theater. Nice. I was very excited for it as well. I didn't know what H2O meant either until... Actually, I think I figured it out on my own. Um, yeah. Because I knew it was 98. And then I was like, wait, the original movie was 78. Oh, mm-hmm. Halloween 20 years later. Okay, <laughs> I get it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I if you get if somehow you get into a time machine and can go see this in a theater, I recommend it because the reactions to everything was great. Yeah, it was um, especially the ending when uh, the head gets you know, Michael Myers' head gets cut off and mm-hmm. all that stuff was going down. Like that was that was amazing to see live in theater. Um, but yeah, I I enjoy it. I haven't. I don't. I don't revisit this one very often, but I do like it for you know, again for what it is. Um, but it's not a bad movie. Yeah, I dig it. I really like the evolution of Lord Strode's character, especially from the first two to this one, because in the first one she's being chased. The second movie, she just is in a hospital bed, just not really doing much until the very paycheck. End. Pretty much, it's like she was on set for two <laughs> days when they shot that. Yes. <laughs> Gave her the you. worst wig uh, ever. Yes. And in this one, she's able to kind of become the heroine and battle her demons because she spent the whole movies and her series just hiding from this thing, not chasing after her fears or facing them. And this time, she actually does face her fears and she's able to kill Michael Myers. And it was a great send off to the series. And as characters, I'm thinking, yes, with Michael Myers, he was sent off in a great way. But, of course, that, as we all know, <laughs> is not the case, sadly enough. And we got to talk real briefly about Halloween Resurrections. And I know that she did that movie because she was in contract, but she would she only had be to. in Resurrections if she was killed off. Yeah, and I know that originally... Thing. The producers of Halloween H2O didn't want Michael Myers to be killed at all because they want, uh, of course, Mustafa Akkad. Mustafa Akkad, the longtime producer of the entire series since the original film, pretty much had a a long withstanding, you know, thing in his contract. It was like, you cannot kill Michael Myers off. Like, it was forbidden. Yeah. Like, he basically said, you know, he he allowed the H2O ending to happen, but I think the, 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 the catch was they had to shoot something to show so, uh, what I'm getting at is in briefly in the beginning of Resurrection they go they cut back to H2O as this nurse is like just dumping this exposition crap to this other nurse in the beginning and they kind of show this EMT checking on Michael and then he like chokes him against the wall and supposedly crushes his larynx and then swaps the body out and then you see a shot of Michael Myers walking away with the EMT suit holding a knife still why he would still be carrying that knife is beyond me but (laughs) I believe that was all shot three years prior at the tail end of production of H2O don't quote me I I think I've heard that in a couple of places where that that was the stipulation like you can have this ending where he's cut off or his head's cut off yada yada but let's shoot this first you know just to have him uh, in the back pocket so, yeah so basically they killed the wrong person and now Lori Strode's in a hospital mental hospital because of it and yeah. Michael Myers finds her and they have like one brief moment where they kiss and uh, Laurie Strode says, I'll see you in hell, Michael, and before he kills her and falls to her death, the most stupidest thing ever. What I hate the most about this beginning, it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Like, no, they yeah, can totally gets, not... I was just going to say, what gets me is she has, like, the whole Home Alone concoction already established on the rooftop, like she was expecting this. Yeah. 
I don't know what kind of, you know, rules this place has where they allow their patients <laughs> to go on the roof, but one in Rome. There's lemon Whatever. traps. Just, of it's course. best not to think about it, guys. Just move on to She's your day. She's comatose, you know, to keep feeding her these pills that she's putting in this little little Lulu doll. But yeah. what are you going to do? Exactly. That's pretty much uh, how resurrection ends for me. <laughs> yes, true. Yes, that's true. Uh, and just you know, briefly though, uh, Buster Rhymes and a uh, bunch Tyra of other uh, Tyra Banks, a uh, bunch of the people are going to go the, the and make from Rookie of the Year. Oh shit! Yep. Okay, a uh, bunch of these kids are going to go to the Michael Mara house and do a reality show there, and Michael yeah. Mara shows up and starts killing people. Danger! That's the end. Uh, the most powerful being in the world gets uh, killed by Buster Rhymes doing kung fu. That's. I mean, is that not how much. you would want to end a iconic <laughs> series of that's having true. a rapper from the '90s to the 2000s do kung fu on you? That's how no, I, I want to go out. I want. <laughs> I want to have genuine come and kill me doing kung fu moves. What do yeah. you guys? Yeah, but oh, they gotta say something cool like "trick or treat, motherfucker." Before yeah, then. exactly. It's got to do a one-liner. Got one-liner there. Uh, all right, uh, we are gonna move back in time to, uh, <laughs> to talk about real quickly the Jamie Lloyd saga with Halloween yes. Four. Uh, this time with Michael Myers hunting the is it the niece or daughter of Laurie Strode? Is it her daughter. daughter or it's her daughter? It's her daughter. It's his niece. It's his niece. His niece, right? his, his niece, niece, her daughter. Yep. Her daughter, thank you. And in this timeline, uh, Laurie Strode died of a car accident, so she's out of the picture, and now we got Jimmy Lloyd, played by the wonderful Danielle Harris in this saga, and I actually really, I really enjoyed Halloween 4. It's got a really great opening credits that just shows scenes, uh, no, it just shows settings of different Halloweens out in the wilderness, and everything looks dark and bleak and brisk. Uh, yeah. Don't necessarily like the mask of Michael Myers. I like the return of um, uh, Loomis, Donald Plant's character. I don't like the way they explain how they survived this building being exploded by just having a few scars on Loomis's face and Michael Myers' hand seems to be a little bit well stretched there. But He has an wait. egg on his face for half the movie. It looks like an <laughs> egg is right here That's underneath true. of his left eye. <laughs> um, I mean, other, uh, aside from the, I don't know, the, 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 his return's a little anticlimactic, but other than that, I still... Four is one of my favorite sequels. Four is one of my, I would say four is like my third overall favorite film of this franchise. Okay. I just love... One of the things I love the most about it is how it feels like an authentic fall movie, especially yes. the opening credits. I love the opening credits so much. You know, it's just all these shots of of um, just the Midwest and, and landscape in the fall, and it's not even there's not even any music playing. It's just Alan yeah. Howarth with like just. It, it's 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 hard to explain like it, what, what he's doing with the music or, or lack thereof, but he's doing something, and it's great. And then yeah, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of the mask either, especially for that one shot when he shows up and all of a sudden he's got blonde hair when he throws Lewis yeah. out the window <laughs> in the school. 
other than that, you know, it's a fun movie. It's another one that I grew up watching a lot. I think I've seen this one the second most times overall, you know, next to the first one. Um, yeah, it's I've, I've I know been a fan I like, of this I like film this all my life. As a kid, I liked this movie because we actually get to see a kid outwit Michael Myers. Yeah. It wasn't like teenagers, it was kids. So at the time, it felt relatable to me. Like, oh, wow, I'm watching this kid be able to do things and control things. And what I yep. really liked about this movie is the ending of it. Where it's it revealed that Jamie Lloyd is wearing the same mask uh, that Michael wore in the beginning of Halloween and holding a knife and has apparently uh, killed uh, her aunt, right? Was that her aunt that was... Or, or gar- her it's guardian? Her was foster that her parent. It's her foster, foster mom that she kills. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it just ends up... It would be like, Rachel's mother while she's making her bath for her. She stabs her to death and she seemingly dies even though... We'll get to it. The fifth one. Yeah. It's just kind of... Retracts all of that, <laughs> yeah, which is a weird thing too. I don't understand why it changes things. But uh, Jason, last year, do you have like a favorite moment from Halloween Four or like general thoughts about that? Do, do you, you like uh, Halloween Four? I don't think we've like talked talk about this at all. Yeah, yeah, uh, I do like Halloween Four. It's pretty good. Um, uh, the explanation of how Loomis and Michael survived is pretty dumb, um, <laughs> but. Um, if I remember correctly, and I think I do, um, this is the one with the sheriff's daughter, and uh, do it by the book. She was hot, and uh, I appreciated those scenes. And uh, <laughs> but uh, overall, I do. I think this is a pretty solid little movie. Um, it's a little underrated. I think people. You know, don't care for it because it's not as grand as the first movie. But you know, you, you know, take what you can get. You know, it's 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 not that bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I like it. Uh, and then where do things go wrong for you and for Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers? I do like the opening credits of Halloween Five with the quick cut slash and knives and. I do too, but that's kind of where the film just kind of stops for me. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with Halloween 5. Uh, um, let me ask you this so quickly, Ed. So, the beginning of the movie, uh, Michael Byers is living with this hobo. Like, because at the end yeah, of the fourth they, one, they, he's they shot they to hell. They retcon the ending of the fourth film completely. Not only do they retcon all that happens with Jamie and all that, but... And I forgot to mention people too. Mike, even Michael's death is retcon for the movie, because they add... Dynamite to it, like it's a goddamn Looney Tunes episode. That's not the fourth one. The dynamite says the yeah. dynamite doesn't show up until the fifth one, and then it's when they throw it down the little shaft that he falls into, and then you see him kind of get blown out, and then he just strolls down the river, <laughs> and this this old hermit with the parrot finds him, and then he collapses, and mind you, it's still Halloween night because it's the end of the fourth film and that's, that was on Halloween obviously and then we do a just a cut to one year later and it's Halloween again and he just wakes so, up did people not search for Michael Myers anymore in the saga did they just stop after they shot him and blew him up with well, dynamite they just that he died in the shaft they, they, they threw dynamite he's dead right you know oh okay which sure. they're fine yeah. we blew him up yeah okay. that's what they're thinking 
<laughs> and like I said, it it's that I, I hate how they just I I hate how they do they 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 wipe a lot of four away. Like they they all of a sudden Tina is now mute. Where did that come from? She doesn't speak at all. Yeah, and Jamie Lloyd mutes. Yeah, that's yeah. And her, her, she her, her sister. Her, her sister was, you know, one of the strongest female characters of the franchise, I would argue. Yes. But she just goes out so quickly, and it's it's insulting how she goes out in the fifth one. Just comes out of the shower and gets stabbed to death with scissors, and it's like, really? All that fighting in the fourth one, and you're going to go out like that? And I hate the mask so much. Michael all of a sudden has a receding hairline. <laughs> and it's, and it, it gets it's older, just, Ed. Dude, it's, the guy has been around for a while out there. Sometimes I know, I know. Serial is bald, dude. It happens, man. That that uh, he, that jot down the river did a number. I, I get it. I but, um, <laughs> the biggest sin, I would say, for part five for me, personally, is the house. You had one job. Oh. One job. <laughs> Rewatch the first film. Get that house. Make it close. They just completely disregarded every single shot of the Myers house from any film prior to this. And they go and they shoot. It's a Victorian house. It's a completely different house. It's like a freaking mansion on a corner street. And it's like... This is not the Myers house, guys. But Halloween 5 is going to tell me differently. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, That's maybe, for my problems. The and, and But the, it's... Trust me. There's this, it's, it's flooded with problems. And it's not even my worst... It's not even my least favorite film of the series. Okay. We actually just uh, talked about that. Resurrection. Resurrections, <laughs> yes. Uh, what I do not like about 5... All the things you mentioned. The way they changed Jimmy Lloyd's character in this and right. how Michael Myers escapes the house uh, I, I do gotta talk about the uh, her I guess her best friend Tina Tina I this. knew you were gonna say that someone always brings up Tina Tina's the most, most annoying characters ever who just doesn't give a shit about anyone <laughs> but herself and yet once he yell at Loomis for one to protect this girl and she's like no they go for trick or treat ha 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 everything's fine oh ah. I don't know what Jason you've been sound up there. Are you a fan of Halloween Five? Are you are you gonna school us and tell us that? I've only seen this once and that was kind of enough for me. Okay. Um not a fan of it. Smart man. I don't even remember a lot that happens in it. Um Uh yeah, I just I just was just so disappointed by it. And um is this where Paul Rudd comes in, or is that six? That's, That's six. six. Okay, I, see, I couldn't remember. Those two blend in for me, uh, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, I know he jumped in somewhere. I can't remember which movie it was, but uh, yeah, not a fan. Won't revisit. Um, and isn't this the one too that brings in the whole like Thorn cult? <laughs> it, it, I think it, this is the start. You see, you see the tattoo on his wrist uh, in 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 one shot, and it's just. That's it. There's no mention of it. You just see the triangle with the line and then, on his wrist. If I, 
if I'm remembering correctly, there was like a shadowy guy at the end. Are we gonna bring that up? The man in black. Yeah. Because yeah. it ends with that's... Michael getting broken out of prison by a guy with a Tommy gun. Yeah. And Literally. I think that, and then that's supposed to be like the connection. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan of this movie or the next one. So all I know about Halloween Sits because I have only seen it once. Because I don't remember this movie coming out to theaters. It was just bam on home video. Because I remember in the 90s I saw... Maybe it was, but where I lived, it just did not come anywhere near me at the time. But I do remember seeing trailers for this. And I remember the trailers always said the origin of Michael Myers. Yes. It was originally called that. It was called Halloween 666, the origin of Michael Myers. In fact... You can, if you look up the trailer on YouTube, you're probably gonna see that trailer because I was like one of a lot of video releases at the time. Like that was, like the Weinstein's had that movie just showing me for every single Miramax Dimension film in the mid '90s, and for the most part, it was that origin of Michael Myers six 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 crap. Before right before it came out theatrically, they were like, no, just call it Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. Since we did Revenge. Return, well, you know, we gotta follow the Pink Panther and, and, and curse now, and that's exactly what they did. That's why it's that's why four is return, five is revenge, and six is curse. Is like if they kept going with the next one be the son of Michael Myers, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. but then Jimmy Lee Curtis stepped in and was like, "Oh no, we have an anniversary to fulfill, fellas." Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> We're going to stop all that bullshit right there. Uh, So, what I remember from number six, and I'm not going off any notes right now, uh, but Jamie Lloyd is older and now is given birth to Michael Myers' son. Yeah, and she's been recast, too. Now, J.C. Brandy plays uh, Jamie. No longer Danielle Harris. That's a whole other story, probably a whole other podcast, to be honest with you. Um, Yeah. Because there's actually famously two versions of Part 6. There's the producer's cut and the theatrical cut. Um, Okay. 95% of people who have seen both will say they prefer the producer's cut. I'm one of the 95%. Okay. Um, But there are some people out there who prefer the theatrical cut. They're they're far and in between, but they exist. Um, It's not that the film... It's not that the producer's cut is like... it's 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 not a masterpiece by any means. It's it's still shit. It's just polished up. That's all. Okay. Um, and it it kind of brings so, the thorn subplot. You know, makes it more clear. The producer's cut. Um, it actually the producer's the producer's cut actually goes back to part five and answers who the man in black is. Not that, I mean, the theatrical cut does too, but the producer's cut actually shows footage from part five, and it was like, hey, remember this guy. This is who he is, you know? Um, like, but to wrap, to, to wrap it up, it's, it's, it's a bad movie. It's not as bad as most people make it out to be. There's some redeeming things in this film, I feel. Um, but it's by no means a great film or a good movie. It's, it's, it's just not as bad as bad as what a lot of people make it out to be. I still um, remember so much like the uh, the third cold I guess puts a curse on a different child for that child to become like a killer. That's their whole plan. So they pick this... Yeah, they, they try and give Michael an, a motivation factor and that's just... Don't do that. 
you know yeah. he he's a motivation he's he's a motiv- uh, yeah, a motivationalist killer you know he's just someone who has the black eyes the blackest eyes <laughs> the devil's eyes doll's, doll's eyes but I read from someone that the in the novelization of the first Halloween that it goes back to this earlier civilization that has a cult that are putting a curse on different children. Ooh. So it might. I've know. never read any of the novelizations. So, That's a lot. Yeah, I've read I've read the three I've I've read the novelizations for the David Gordon Green films. Mm-hmm. But I've never read anything prior to that, so right. Yeah, I've never read any of those either. Gotcha. Uh, I I do want to recommend too that people do check out Taken Shape, which is yep. all about Both the of history them. of the Halloween movies, and that's a lot of fun. Gives you to a lot of great insights into them, which are a lot of fun. Uh, right now, folks, we are going to take just a small little break right now, so I can use the bathroom. I'm going to play some wonderful ad spots on the audio program from some wonderful podcast shows and whatnot, and I'll be right back, okay? Take five? All right, be back. Yep, about two minutes. I'll be right back myself. All right, me too. We are like the Maury Povich of podcasts. People come to this show because it's a train wreck. I'm giving this podcast three stars. The coast keeps yelling at me. The people have clearly spoken. Check out Whatever with Jason Soto on Anchor, Apple, Google, wherever you get awesome podcasts, or you can go to the home location at rabbitholepodcast.com. Second thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about urination. I want to talk about peeing specifically. See what happens when Jason throws out the segments. This is what we get instead. (laughs) This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. What do Raiders of the Lost Ark and the treasure of the Sierra Madre have in common. What about Goldfinger and the spy who came in from the cold? The Blues Brothers and Silence? There's only one way to find out, and that is to listen to Howard Kasner and Pop Art, the podcast where we find the art in pop culture and the pop culture in art. For each episode, my guest chooses a movie from pop culture, and I'll choose a film from the more art and the classic foreign side of cinema that has a connection to it. So for those who want to know about Jurassic Park and Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and Son of Frankenstein, tune in to Pop Art on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and other streaming platforms near you. Uh, hey everyone, The Vern here. Uh, something I completely forgot to do during the actual recording of the show, and I feel like such an asshole, and I feel kind of shitty for doing this now, but if I don't put this in the episode, I'll feel like complete crap. So if you're watching this on YouTube and I did not mention our Patreon names on there, I apologize immensely. A lot of episode folks in my brain get all scrambled around, but I do want to take this time and give a quick shout out and thank you to all of our wonderful Patreon members, uh, patreon.com slash cinemaricopod, and doing this real quickly right now so I don't lose any people who follow us there. So thank you, and I love yous to Jason Soto of Rabbit Hole Podcast, who's on the episode. He probably doesn't need to hear it, but I'm going to tell him thank you anyways. Uh, Jeanette Miller-Mickenham at AKA Jeanette. 
thank you very much for all your support and love, Jeanette. I need to have you back on the show soon. Matt and Ashley from Matchley at the Movies. I loved our episode on Sisters for our Diploma December. I needed to get you cats back on our show again soon. Uh, I want to thank Donnie Roberts of the Deep Sea Anthologies, formerly of Cage's Kiss. Donnie and I are talking about doing an episode soon, and I cannot wait to have him back on the show. Really great guy. Uh, also got to thank Linda Castro from Bed, Knobs, and Broomflits. Our episode on Prince of Darkness was a lot of fun. Love to have you back on it as well. Uh, I want to thank Jen McQuaid from Shot and Applaud. I just rewatched Phantom of the Paradise, and I need to go back and listen to our episode on that because that was fun. I would love to have uh, you and Naomi and why am I blanking on your other co-host name? The other co-host was Shot and Applaud. Jen, Lydia, and Naomi from Shot and Applaud. Need to have you back on our show here soon. Uh, thank you so much for your support. And then lastly, Harvey Andrus of uh, formerly of your girlfriend, our, our best friend, Harvey Andrus. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for your support. I apologize that there's probably not going to be a Patreon episode this week just because I've been having audio issues on that episode. As soon as I get it fixed, it'll be posted on there, but it may be a little bit late or so. But anyways, folks, I uh, love you all very much. Let's get back to the episode. All right. Love you. Bye. Jason, have you heard about uh, Newsly? Have I seen what? Have you heard about Newsly? I don't know what that is. Newsly is an all-in-one audio app for your iOS and Android phone. It puts up the most trended <laughs> articles on the web and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable. Stop scrolling, start listening. Uh, go to newsly.me and use our promo code recall and get one month free of their premium service. Um, now, Jason, can you see me okay? Uh, yeah. You see me. How, how is your memory doing, my friend? Why did I just walk into an ad? <laughs> my memory is doing okay. Your memory doing right here. Well, if your memory is uh, lacking and you need to crush procrastination, boost energy and focus, elevate mental clarity, uh, I do recommend Magic Mind. Magic Mind is the all-natural energy supplement, and I tried a few of it, and it's actually pretty good. It's not bad. It reminds me very much of those um, uh, fruit drinks, those um, naked. Reminds me of that, the naked ah. fruit drinks, but just in a shop form okay. right there. Uh, but anyways, go to magicmind.com, and you can buy the products, which I'm showing to you right now. Uh, I've tried it. It actually does work pretty well. It kind of does wake you up. It's very much like a 500 energy drink, but just using all natural ingredients. So, again, go to magicmind.com, and we'll talk about them more on our other episodes. So. All right. Okay. Yay. So, sponsorships are now out of the way. Thank oh, you. I got to walk into the ad. And <laughs> Ed doesn't. Ed, you got lucky.
I just walked in. What do you? No, that's the point. I walked into an ad. You didn't. You got to miss oh. the whole ad segment. The, I had to, I had to be the dumbass who was like, "No, what's that? Gosh, Vern, oh. tell me more." <laughs> well, you, we should have to play the bass part of the Halloween theme. <laughs> I appreciate that pretty much. Um, let's talk really quickly right now, briefly, because we're getting back into our Halloween show. Welcome everyone back to Cinema Recall. Uh, let's talk real briefly about the Rob Rob Zombie takes on Halloween. Well, uh, if we have to, oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Just really briefly here. If we want to be completists, uh, let's bring them up. Because they exist. I, I do kind of respect Rob Zombie doing a different take on Halloween and he wanted to show Michael Myers as a kid and how he grew up after he killed his sister and what happened to him then. Um, I like uh, Malcolm McDowell in this and maybe uh, Stout, Taylor Thompson, Stout Taylor Thompson has some good roles in there too. Uh, but I, I always said this, I felt like Michael Myers and Rob Zombie's movie it's more like a, a Hallmark version of Michael Myers. It just... I'm it, I'm going to say this. The, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, please jump in. Uh, I'm going to just say this. Um, Malcolm McDowell is a good Loomis. The Michael Myers is not a good Michael Myers. Um, and I, I appreciate the different angle that Rob Zombie wanted to take with this. You know, kind of humanizing Michael Myers in a way but I felt like that was like his whole appeal was like we didn't know a lot about him and we don't know why he does these things we just assumed he because you know in the in the original movie they're just like oh there's evil behind those eyes and he's just an evil kid mm-hmm. but it's like here we have to like give him like a sob story like you know his mother was you know not that great always had different guys around was bullied in school um and then he just snapped he just snapped one day on Halloween and killed everybody and then just spent the rest you know his teenage years going into his 20s I guess um, in a uh, mental institution where he befriends Danny Trejo and then uh, uh, then he gets out Um, I I can I can I can get the I can get kind of behind the idea but I think the execution was a little weak um does Rob Zombie have to put always like the worst members of the family to be the Myers family? Because goddamn, I wanted to kill him right away. I was surprised that kid lasted so long and lived in the household. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, is the, the point. Like he he had to go through this abuse for so many years, and it wasn't just at home; it was at school. He got bullied really badly at school, um, and you know he just had a rough life as a kid, so he just snapped. And I think that's. I think that's a little too human, right? Because I think if any one of us went through that whole situation, which is a very exaggerated... I'm not saying it doesn't happen, yeah. but I felt like Rob Zombie was like, let's have every terrible thing happen to this kid, and that's the reason why he snaps and goes crazy and kills people. Yeah. Um, uh, it just takes away the mysteriousness of the first movie because you have no idea why he decided to kill his sister right, exactly. that one night. Rob gave him a motivation. You didn't need a motivation. Yeah, you didn't exactly. need to spend half the movie studying his, you know, childhood adolescence. You didn't need any of that. I understand what they were going for. Here's the thing about Rob Zombie's Halloween. 
So it came out in 2007. It was mm-hmm. roughly five years after Resurrection. The franchise was dead at that point. So I could understand wanting to do something different. I still feel a remake was too too new you know it's still too I don't know I, I just feel like remakes not that there should be a certain timeline but I don't know a film like Halloween doesn't need to be remade Carpenter did the best version you're ever gonna make you're never gonna top Carpenter's 78 Halloween ever no. but I understand it's the Weinsteins and they still had the, the the rights at the time and so they wanted to go down this route of remaking it Rob Zombie was hot at the time coming off of Devil's Rejects and Corpses of course um, I mean I'm not gonna lie when I first heard about it my first thought was why but yeah. then you know at, at the time I was a zombie fan this is back when I was a Rob Zombie fan um, now I could just take him or leave him um, but you know, getting back on point here, the the, the film, everything Jason just said is pretty much spot on. Um, yeah. the first half of the movie unnecessary. Um, it's it's it makes me hate Michael Myers if anything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tyler Maine's portrayal. Look, Tyler Maine got hired because Tyler Maine's seven foot tall. Mm-hmm. Didn't do much. No, he wasn't hired for his you know acting skills or or. or threat or, or not threat but he was hired for his threat he's a threatening looking guy that's the only reason he was hired you know it's whatever it's just a giant version of Michael Myers and he's just brutal and he's not like he was in the first film at all um, it's different there's a lot of it's a, it's a who's who cast you know, as much like every Rob Zombie movie is it's pretty much she's spending half the movie like oh I knew that guy or I remember him from so and so you know but I can tolerate the first one. But then when we get to the second one, I mean, I know a lot of people are coming around to that film over the years. I'm not one of them. Then again, I haven't really given it a chance because I just did not like it as much. The the whole way they kind of set up yeah. uh, Lori going to the hospital and being attacked, but then it was all a dream. It was all a dream. And then you and... got uh, Michael trying to find his mother who's always shot in white with the horse the horse and everything yeah, yeah. And, I, and the dream sequence and everything there I think the for me the biggest sin for part two is the fact that he took um Scout Tyler Compton's Lloyd Strode and um Loomis Loomis yes uh, uh no, oh, um oh uh Malcolm McDowell Malcolm McDowell I guess Malcolm McDowell. He took those two characters, who I actually liked in the first movie, and they, he made me absolutely loathe them in part two. I know a lot of people are saying that Scott Taylor Compton, you know, she's really good in part two. Her her, her acting chops come out. She's annoying as shit no, to me in part two. She's so hateful to everyone. She's like, just hates everyone. She's so, a bro, 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 despicable just person. She's just screaming it's everybody like, there. He got everything about PTSD ass backwards, Rob. And I don't know. I still don't. I have no under no idea what he did with the Loomis character. Why he made him as hateable as he did. Like he's pretty much just like this snob who's like above everybody. 
because he made a successful book in between those movies. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Just, uh, that's... Uh, I don't know. This, it's, even it's, Rob Zombie himself said, oh, I don't want to make another one. Uh, but then the producer's like, well, we're going to make one without you. And he's like, well, I better make one to... To end my vision of these movies and everything, just like just seem like yeah, and his vision, and then the Weinstein's wanted to make a third one without Rob, but using the same you know continuity. Style. He wanted to bring Oops. everybody back. I guess Tyler Maine, Scout Taylor Compton, and then just not have Rob direct it because I guess Rob was out. So I don't know, but that that eventually turned into, which we'll eventually get to, 2018. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that's probably. A good segue way right now into Halloween, uh, the 2018 version. Um, David Gordon Green. Yeah, the final timeline of this this crazy, crazy franchise. Crazy franchise. <laughs> I know all the highest and lows there. I don't, Jason. Did we do your thoughts about the Rob the Halloween two? Do you is, do? Oh, I hated it. I hated okay. it. Fucking <laughs> right, right, okay. I, 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 yeah. I I was so surprised you guys just jumped to it. Sorry. Um, no, no, you're good. I fucking hated it. Because I was with it during the hospital part, and I'm like, okay, this part's good. And then after she woke up, but it's like, okay. Then he just turned it into, like, a fucking, like, art film with the whole yeah. images of the mom on a horse and all that shit. I was like, what the fuck is this? And it was yeah. super long. It was, like, over was. two hours, I think. Or it was at least it felt movie, like. Yeah. It felt like over yeah. two hours anyway. Mm-hmm. But I fucking hate it. Like, so it was, Michael we, we Myers not- walking around with his mask and his burlap sack. So now we have Halloween 2018, and in this one, it gets rid of all the other sequels. So I guess Maybe. after the first movie, Mike Myers is captured, and he's living in this uh, very secure prison. And uh, you got these two podcasters who are coming to interview him. Uh, and I, they have his mask with them, and I believe... They want to do this whole true crime expose on Michael Myers because I think in their minds they think he may be innocent and wrongfully imprisoned from what I gather from that. Or they just went to... I don't think it's so much that. It's just the fact that they wanted to touch, back, touch base on this 40-year-old case that was kind of like, I don't know, unanswered. Because you still have Laurie Strode and Michael Myers in the same town but one's you know incarcerated the other one is just being a survivor after all these years and I think the intention was like more than anything kind of like get them back together to reunite for the first time for the little podcast or whatever but as you can but it seemed like when they got that far (laughs) when they're going to interview Laurie Strode the podcasters always have that vibe of like they're almost, in a way, blaming her for all the violence that was caused in their town. It just seemed to be that. Which is, the, which is kind of a running theme throughout those three movies, especially yeah. once we get to ends, and like the entire town is like turned on Laurie Strode, essentially. Okay. Um, well, I think it kind of like starts with that, um, with what you're talking about with the podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not only that yeah. too, but you got uh, her daughter and her granddaughter and yeah, Karen. Uh, Laura Strode, played by Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Uh, but her whole life, she's been in survival mode, and each year Michael Myers has not been coming to get her and everything. No matter how much preparation she's been doing, 
and it takes a toll on the family where they just have they're estranged both her daughter and Louis Stroh just don't talk much to each other and then Michael does escape uh, escape mm-hmm. from the school bus and he goes yep. on his talent spree I, I do like this one very much I like the alternate timeline where uh, Lori is tough she's been prepping for this her whole life and just will not let anything get in her way. Um, I don't necessarily like the doctor character who I guess is been learning from Loomis. <laughs> I, I, I didn't care that much doctor, for him. Dr. Sartain. Thank you. He's literally in the film and to, to have that, that us wrestling fans call a heel turn He's he, it basically happens to get Michael to Lori at the end. That's the only reason that happens. It's ridiculous. And then the doctor changes and suddenly wants to become a killer. Well, it's the doctor. It's the they 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 see Michael. It's the doctors with uh, the the deputy character, um, yeah. Will, Will Will Patton and uh, um, Andy Matichak, uh the the granddaughter, yep. uh, Allison. And and they see Michael, and then that's when Michael he like. He like hits Michael, and then when he gets out or whatever, the doctor like reveals the scalp or whatever and stabs him in the neck. And here's the thing: I've seen 2018, you know, a handful of times total, okay. and I have this vivid memory of once the Sartine, you know, stabs the, the 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 Will Patton in the neck and all, and then gets in the car. He pops up and has the mask on that stupid thing, and then he gets Michael in the back seat with uh, Allison to take them or take him essentially to to Lori, so they can have the reunion. When he takes off, I swear to God, you hear a squish sound effect as if he's running over Will Patton's head. But then, you know, that gets retcon, you know, the first two minutes of the kills, because you see yeah. that he has survived, and his head's still intact, and he has, <laughs> you know, you see he has the neck injury, but he's obviously, you know, not as dead as Dillinger, as you would consider yeah. him at the end of 2018. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I like 2018. I always have. I, in fact, I like all three of these movies. I know everyone has their issues with especially the sequels but you know i i'm i'm here to tell you what i like and what i don't like you know there are certainly well, things about these movies i do not like as well but you know just letting everyone know right here right now i like the blumhouse trilogy i will say one thing before jason get to your thoughts i do like the character of julian in this the little boy because <laughs> he, he seems to be the most smartest character in this movie about to uh, avoid the killer here cause... the comic relief of the movie well he's maybe the comic relief of the movie but he's a smart guy too and like all the other characters just doing these really dumb choices uh, I think the characters in number two get a little bit more dumber as the story goes on there but he's the oh, only yeah. thing comic relief that actually has intelligence in there uh, and I love at how they do get him trapped, and they do burn him. I thought that was absolutely great. Um, and I even like the end scene, which kind of calls back to Halloween Four with uh, Andy Magic holding the knife. Holding and the you're knife, not quite yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Was the end close up this shot? This for me, this for me felt like the Force Awakens 
<laughs> of Halloween, which I'm totally cool with. A lot of people to that when this came out. A lot of people. And I was, yeah, I'm one of those people too. I, like, oh, I thought it was a very fun, like, all the greatest hits of Halloween yeah. were in this. Uh, the long tracking shots, the music. Um, I thought it had a really well-established Michael Myers character in this one. Much more better than the Rob Zombie films, or even before. The first before of- Jason goes, though, I, I I'd be remiss if I did not bring up talking about this movie in particular. Okay. The kill sequence when he's back in town at that long shot. It's like oh. a it's like a three four minute shot of him just going around killing random people. It's great, you know. It it's something great. that's different for a Halloween movie, and I. I loved it when I first saw this in theaters. I went to an advanced screening of all three of these movies, actually. But when I first saw this, I was like, holy crap, that's that's different. I, I liked that a lot. And still to this day, whenever I watch 2018, I look forward to that long shot. It's just, I think it's great. Damn right. Uh, Jason, quick thoughts on I, Halloween. I remember hearing about this, and I just like gave a big eye roll. Because <laughs> I'm like, why? Like, do we... No, why are we doing this again? Um, and then they made it confusing with, like, no, 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 no. This is the actual sequel to the first movie. Right. They were retconning everything. And then I'm like, okay, but why is it just... Why is it also called Halloween? <laughs> so I was very resistant of this. And I waited until it came on, like, the streaming sites to watch it because I was like I, I can't I'm tired of mm. fucking Michael Myers at this point <laughs> like how many fucking times are you going to do this um, and I remember liking it okay um, it took a little bit to get going um, but then once it got going it was pretty good uh, I liked the whole wild Lori in the woods and she's a survivor woman now and she has traps all over the place and um, stuff like that and then Introducing podcasting to it was kind of funny. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I it's it's okay. Um, and then, then then we had to get two more after this. Yes. Uh, let's get to them right now. Uh, Halloween Kills were, were introduced to Tommy, this time played by Anthony Michael Hall. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe it's the actual original actor who played the girl... Um, Kyle Edwards, yeah, yes. Kyle Edwards, yes, yeah. She she reprises her role of uh, what's her name, <laughs> Lindsay. Lindsay, thank Lindsay. you. Everyone's pretty much everyone is back that are Most, supposed to mostly. be, with the exception yeah. of Brian or uh, Tom Brian Tommy his name? Brian Andrews, who played Tommy Doyle, yeah. was not yeah. asked to come back. You know, um, I've heard that he was not in acting anymore; kind of fell out of acting. And then mm-hmm. I heard that he's just kind of not quite right up in the head these days, and that's why they didn't ask him to come back. Uh, regardless, uh-huh. we got Anthony Michael Hall in the role. Um, my biggest issue with this movie, because I will, I, I'm, I think this movie is brutal as hell. Oh the yeah, I love the, kill, the kills this are movie, brutal. I, yeah. I just love the fact yeah. that it just it lives up to the title that Michael Myers is just a pissed off killing machine for an hour and a half. I love that. I hate the writing in this movie. I hate the screenplay so yeah. much. I hate evil. If, if I never heard evil dies tonight, if I never heard that again, I would die evil a happy dies man. Tonight. 
Hey, did you know that Evil had Dies me, Tonight? I my eyes what? in theaters. I was like, what is this? I, I think I've heard Evil Dies Tonight like 25 times in this goddamn Just movie. in case you didn't know, wrong? Evil Dies Tonight. Thank you. I just wanted to remind everybody out there. Evil, <laughs> evil Dies Tonight. Evil Dies Tonight. next year. Not tomorrow, um, but tonight. Dies Tonight, motherfuckers. All right. I'm going right. to jump in here with one of my favorite tidbits about this movie. Is that Bob Odenkirk has a cameo in this, <laughs> and I don't know if anyone knows this or not. He's Bob. They were trying. They were trying to show pictures of Bob, um, but they couldn't get like the rights to the to the actual guy's photo or something. Or they couldn't find likeness. the guy, even though he's now doing the convention circuit and stuff. But like and when so they were filming this, they couldn't find they, him. They noticed that Bob had an extreme resemblance to Bob Odenkirk. And so they got Bob Odenkirk's permission to use his actual, like, high school photo. And, like, there's that news segment in the bar, and they're showing, like, this was Bob and the victims of the, you know, the yeah. uh, of the original slayings and stuff, and it's fucking Bob Odenkirk. And I remember looking at that, and I said, oh, wow, he looked like Bob Odenkirk. Okay, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> and then I, did, I think I read the credits, or I was reading the trivia, I don't remember. But it says something like, no, that was actually Bob Odenkirk, and that is such a fucking baller move. I, I really respect that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is so funny. I funny. did think it was kind of cool how they did go back to like shoot uh, scenes from the first movie but kind of do an oh, alternate yeah, version of it. Dude, the flashback is awesome. It's Those so actually... authentic. It looks like Dean Cundy shot it. it yeah. It's got everything from the, the, the detail of their uniforms mm. is just Perfect, I love it. I, it's just it, it. It looks like they went back to '78 and shot this for like yes. 15 minutes or so. I was. Just I mean, they so... even the biggest surprise was uh, the guy who resembles Loomis. Like, I remember hearing the voice when I went to yes. that screening. I was like, I hear the voice. Are we gonna see him? Are we gonna see like some deep fake? And I thought it was a deep fake, but then I lo yeah. and behold, it's a guy who worked in the makeup department, or, or might have been some other miscellaneous crew. They saw that he had a kind of a resemblance to Pleasance, and they just had Christopher Allen Nelson, who did, the, who did the makeup work for all three films. They had him, you know, sit in a chair for a few hours while he did him up that looked like Dr. Loomis from 78. And they did a bang-up job. They did a great job with that. Everything from those scenes were, like, that's, like, the highlights. And that's even Michael looks main... great. Even the, the Myers mask and everything from the 78 flashback scene looks awesome. It, it makes me want to... I probably will go back to see uh, Halloween Kills because the effects are amazing in this. Uh, I think Laurie Strode yeah. wasted... The whole point of them chasing the she short little guy thinking it's Michael Myers is just really dumb. They could have easily just cut a lot of things out of this movie to make it just a little bit more streamlined better, but it's it's grippy. It says the title is right there, Halloween Kills, and that's what this motherfucker does. Halloween, Michael Myers just kills... Mm -hmm. A whole lot of fucking people, uh, and I, I think we're gonna get more to the most. Days. And I know you, Probably. Jason Soto, have said you've never seen this one yet. Yeah, I didn't get to ends yet. I just never got around to it. But I don't mind spoilers, so you guys can keep talking freely about it. It's fine. Okay. And I'll I'll still watch it. Um, so by all means, but I will be quieter than normal now. <laughs> so so uh, by all means, continue. <laughs> What are your thoughts, Ed, uh, about the, uh, the the Cameron character being in this one, uh, and how he's taking over the reins of Michael Myers? Like, you mean Corey? 
Corey, thank you, thank you. I want to say, I'm say Cameron's the boyfriend from part from Kills in 2018. Uh, okay, Corey. I, 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 I do want to start off before I say anything about ends. I just want to go on record and say that Halloween Ends is my second favorite film of this entire franchise. Wow. Okay. I love this movie. I love the balls that it has to just I don't want to word this. Because like it, it you're well, going this, to this we, expecting a big finale between Laurie and Michael. You get that, but this movie's not that at all. In fact, I would argue this isn't even a Michael Myers movie. And the fact that they went to the last film of the franchise to pull the rug from under you to give you something different, something that piqued my interest for an hour and a half, something that I just felt took a lot of courage and I felt that it was a nice surprise I really 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 like the Corey Cunningham character I hear everyone's issues with this movie I I do I hear them but this movie just has so much to it that you just weren't expecting I, I wasn't expecting going to this movie what I got When I went to that screening one year ago, I was like, okay, I know this is the last movie. I know that this film takes place, you know, three or four years after the last one. Like they're they're kind of like keeping with the times. It's not like the same night anymore. It's it's there's a flash forward, and what they did with that, you know, I love the cold open that sets up Corey Cunningham and what happens that kind of like makes him perceived by the town and it's just I don't know if it's the the, the, the Haddonfield hangover as I call it that t- took place in Kills is kind of like still happening with this Corey Cunningham character but what they did with him and made it you know potentially made him you know a new Michael it's just yeah. it's different I, it, it was different was... and I was I was here for it all I, I like what they have for the Corey character. I just kind of wish that he was introduced a little bit earlier in the Yeah, franchise. I've always I said that in the perfect world, he would have introduced him in 2018 and just had him as a character, kind of like in the background, and then yeah. made this his movie. But the pandemic I, I, actually happened, and they kind of had to go back and, you know, go back to the drawing board with this film. So. And, what you're describing about this movie, Ed, sounds like a really, really good movie. And I don't know why it is, but it just feels odd having it in a Halloween movie. But we had so many sequels with that. the same things over and over again. So having it become something fresh and something new is really good. And I admire it solely about that. And I kind of wish that a lot of original movies would do these sort of things. And it's sort of these weird things happening now where all original ideas have to be put into like an IP and in a sequel to make it happen. Because if they did tell the story in its own like original format with all new characters, it would never be seen. It would be probably a, a show that was moved straight to streaming right. or back in the day just goes right to video. Uh, and put it to Halloween franchise, 
is a good way of telling that story. And your thoughts of it makes me want to go ahead and re revisit the movie because I was like in the middle of it though. I didn't hate it. I just didn't right. love it. I as understand much that. As I, 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 I'm, I'm used to hearing that. You know, yeah. I just I saw something in it that was just different, and mm -hmm. you know, it to me was a movie that they did. I feel like David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were. They, they they took this film very seriously and they did something that you know they 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 took a, they took a risk they took a huge yeah. risk and I understand most of the fan base because I've been hearing it for the last year you know they 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 weren't happy with with what they did with it and people write this film off and I you know again I hear you all I really yeah. do but personally <laughs> this film I just love the steps that they took um the swings they took um i i, I love little things from sure. the halloween three font that they used yeah. throughout and that you know and the uh the fact that Corey, when he's babysitting jeremy in the openings the cold open they're watching carpenter's the thing Kind sure. of a play on in the original Halloween. They're watching the original fifty fifty seven. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the thing. It's it's you know a little weird that it's it's like oh now Carpenter takes place in the same universe or whatever. It's <laughs> it, it's not here nor there. It's the film overall, and you still for as much as the film does center on Corey Cunningham, you still get Michael Myers. Of course, yeah. you know, and True. you still get what the film was marketing to everybody. You do get Michael versus Lloyd one last time. It could have been longer, but when in a movie that's so packed, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie as it is. Um, I, I still, I, I think it's the right amount. I still think they dedicated the right amount of time to, for Michael. You know, it, the, the film makes you wait 42 minutes until they give you Michael Myers. That's true, yeah. It, it, like it's a like halfway time, through like the film. It's crazy, gone. you know? Yeah. And yet, this movie, to me, is still the second best of the franchise. Okay. So, well, hey, as, as you will. I, 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 I like that very much. Um I, I, we did I, I a whole still, deep dive on this movie on our podcast, so you know. I'll go I back you all. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on it for a few hours, yeah. I, I I have a lot go, to say about Halloween deep ends in detail. Oh, that's so. beautiful. Well, gentlemen, we actually were able to do the whole Halloween franchise in just under like ninety minutes, which I'm very impressed by the fact that we were able to cover awesome. the movies as best as we could there. It kind of um, helps that there's some that we don't like, so we're just like, yeah, that happened. Anyway, next one. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It's pretty about that one. There's not going to be a deep dive to Halloween 5, all right? No. <laughs> or, uh, I, deep I did that already on my podcast. Oh, you uh, did? Oh, wow, okay. We did, we did every <laughs> single Halloween film the year that uh, we started our podcast, actually. We did, we did oh, one episode or one film a month. But yeah, we got the five, which means we got the resurrection as well. Oh, I'd rather go back. We to didn't check do those the Rob out. Zombie films though. That we didn't do those okay. yet. I All said right. yeah, they're gonna happen. Yes. We didn't do those. Okay. Uh, 
Well, this is a perfect opportunity right now for each of you to just give some plugs and tell listeners, first of all, where to find your podcast, and then tell us where what new episodes you guys have coming out. I'll start with you, Ed, from Film Effect. Uh, tell us, uh, since this episode is coming out on Halloween Day, what uh, episodes you have out now for mm-hmm. Film Effect Podcast? Well, if you happen to check out the Film Effect Podcast today on Halloween, we also have a big Halloween megapod going on that was being released um, not as short as ours it was about four hours long but it was a fun one it was me myself uh, Stu from the Stu Rope Order podcast um, uh, Pete from oh, oh my god what is his podcast called shit I'm sorry Pete I love you uh, and uh, Carlo from the movie Loot as well as Kev from the podcast that wouldn't die and we basically went through each film dedicated about 15-20 minutes to each one at the end of the episode we rated our favorite our top 5 favorites and uh, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a good one uh, but we're actually closing up on our horathon for the season season of the horathon uh, just did an episode last week on Jason Goes to Hell, celebrating the 30th anniversary, and I was able to, uh, I was happy to have the director of that film, Adam Marcus, join me for that episode. That's a good one. Nice. Uh, Vern, we just did for Friday right. together. That That's episode right, was dropped did. as well. Fun show. And we also have episodes coming soon on, let me get to my notes real quick. So we got a lot of stuff coming out and, 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 in uh, podcast land, but none of the creeps, Judgment Night, American Werewolf in London, Urban Legend, Land of the Dead, Prisoners, and our Thanksgiving episode will be on Blood Rage, a forgotten nice. slasher classic from the 80s. And uh, that also stuff. will be joined by Josh from your next favorite movie for that episode. So check that out when it drops on Thanksgiving. Other than that, we are the Film Effect Podcast. We do a deep dive every week on a different movie. Um, Everything from the box office numbers to why Martin Sheen really got drunk filming Apocalypse Now. Stuff like that. Nice. Deep dives. Like, real thorough stuff. So, you know, Film Effect Podcast. Get to know the films you adore a little more with the Film Effect Podcast. Deep dives, top fives, and good vibes, all for the Film Effect archives. Check us nice. out every Tuesday. We're on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. And I'll be sure to put links in our show descriptions to find the Film Effect Podcast. There you go. Follow them on there all the go. social links and everything. Great group of gentlemen right there. And it's been a blast being on your show. Thank you very much, man. Uh, no Jason. Fun. Thanks again for doing it. Mr. Soto here, the guy who we're just seeing, his, we're hearing his voice, but not his face. You're like <laughs> this entity right now, this like supernatural yep. entity. Uh, yep. What's going on with the Rabbit Hole podcast? Uh, so on Halloween, uh, two different episodes went up. Uh, first, uh, our very own The Vern was on hey. the latest episode of Whatever with Jason Soto. Uh, I did something a little different. Uh, I told Vern uh, campfire stories. Um, but then Vern learns a very horrible truth, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yes, um, bad things happen. <laughs> then um, my other show, uh, that's the Bamio ninety Hello Red movies from the nineties, uh, is coming back, and I I Ooh. thought I saw that it normally would have came back on Halloween, so I was like, oh, that's a perfect time to bring it back, and we got to do something kind of 
See, what I like to do with that show is I do something off-kilter. I don't do anything super direct um, outside of doing Die Hard 2 on Christmas, but that was a gimme. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I had a friend. I have a friend named Shauna, who, Vern, you know. And um, she wanted to be on one of my shows. And so I said, you want to come on? That's the bomb, you know, talk about a 90s movie. And I gave her the list, and I, there's a list of 90 movies I made. And she picked The Crow. But okay, um, nice. And so we talk about that over on That's the Bombio. Um, and then I don't know what else will be happening that week. Um, the, or, yeah, the week that this is coming out. Because, uh, like I said, I'm not feeling super great. Um, so I don't know if I'll be up to recording any new shows in you know next week or so. Uh, but here's what you can do, listeners. Just go to rabbitholepodcast.com. That is where you're going to find every show that we have there. We have a lot of shows. We have shows for anybody. If you're, you know, into music, we got some music shows. Uh, if you're into breaking down certain TV shows, we got that. Uh, we got a book club show. Um, of course, movies. Uh, and then uh, whatever is the comedy show, we just get silly. I tell dick jokes. Um, it's a blast. <laughs> um, so you can go find all that over at rabbitholepodcast.com and hopefully there's a show there for you to uh, subscribe to us over on Spotify. So there you go. As that's, as that's before, it. I'll post, I'll post links in our show descriptions as well. Uh, thank you gentlemen so much for being on the show. Uh, I totally forgot to do this and this is my fault of being a bad podcast host here uh, so we actually had people write into us from all around about what their favorite uh, movie in the Halloween franchise is and I, I, I brought him back on my good buddy Jason Soto from Rabbit Hole Podcast and I'm just going to read these comments that people wrote about okay. the series. That's cool Jason? I'm curious. Yeah okay. I'm curious about this. Yeah. All right. So the House That Screams Horror Podcast says I am not much of a Michael Myers fan, so I only care for Halloween 3. The David Gordon Green Dreaded Trilogy is absolute trash, even 2018. Oh. This is only my and Final Girl Candy's opinion. Others on the podcast love the series. So Final Girl Candy from the House That Screams Horror podcast uh, is a big fan of Halloween 3. Uh, okay. So uh, Josh from your next favorite movie podcast says H2O for the win Ed will vouch for me on that I also hold the DGG trilogy in high regards but my favorite franchise overall will always be Friday the 13th which is your favorite series right Jason? that is my favorite yeah awesome so you know, maybe you have uh, uh, Josh from your next favorite movie and you uh, maybe talk about some Jason movies I may do something like that, maybe. Nice. Uh, all right, and then we have uh, Carlos from Movie Loot. He says, my favorite is the OG, but 2018 was pretty good. Also, much love to the weird outlier Halloween 3. Well, thank you, Carlo, from the Movie Loot. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a new person here, uh, Anne R. Carey, says, my favorites are two... And ends, which is the same as our host Ed said. Uh, he loves ends as well. Uh, two very different movies. I love two for the violence and atmosphere. 
I love ends for the story and message. Mm. Here's a controversial opinion. I also really like Five for crazy evil Loomis. He's just as sick as Michael in Part Five, screaming, <laughs> "Come get her!" Using poor Jamie as bait. Oh yeah, yeah, that did happen. Oh, and I believe that's all I have here right now. So. Thank you, everyone, who did leave a comment for us to review about this. Uh, yeah. Very controversial statements. How dare you have opinions? <laughs> yes, I know. Right? I'm, I'm uh, kidding. Those are all very valid opinions. I'm kidding. They were. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you for helping out with that, Jason. And now let's get no, back to our franchise. Time, man. Let's get back to our franchise discussion now. For Cinema Recall uh, this weekend, uh, be sure to find us on the social media page at cinema underscore recall on both Twitter. I'm calling it Twitter. I'm not calling it fucking X, all right? It's still Twitter. Uh, find us there. <laughs> find us Instagram. Cause we're going to be doing some live streams over there about the different things we find at the convention. Hoping to meet some celebrities out there and hopefully try to take their picture before I get kicked out by security. Who knows, but we're going to just do a bunch of videos and whatnot at uh, Twin Cities Con is where me and Ashley will be. And then our buddy Chris, he's going to be at the Rhode Island Con. Uh, check out our past episodes nice. where we did interview the writers and directors of a fun horror sexploitation film called Murder Size. That was a fun one. Uh, our, our good buddy uh, Jason Soto was on a recent episode of Cinema Recall, just just random hijinks, we called it, where you just talk about random movies. A lot yep. of fun. Uh, go check that out as well. You can find that, as I said before, on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Our website, again, is cinemarecall.net. You can find us basically everywhere podcasts are. I've said that before. Uh, yeah, that's it, folks. Again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much to my wonderful guests here. Again, Ed from the Film Effect Podcast. Go check the show out. I can't recommend any one of them, they're highly enjoyable. They go to deep dives with them. And Mr. Jason Soto from Rabbit Hole Podcast that has like just tons of shows. Uh, I listen to I listen to whatever every time that show comes out. I think you, Bear, and Lisa have like this great chemistry with each other. Oh, I can gush about every one of you all day there, but uh, it's time to go and just want to say thank you very much for listening, everybody. Toodles. Bye.